All right. Yup. Are we ready, kids? Oh, Where? he lives in a pineapple under the sea. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well. I'm Euro. I'm Chris. And this is Fork Bomb. Monday, September 13th, 2021. I like saying that date. Um, <laughs> full and complete. I should have said the year of our Lord. Anyway. Um, how are you doing, Chris? Garuda Linux. That's how you're doing? Well, that's great because I'm also Garuda Linux. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're going to be talking about today is Garuda Linux. Um, I uh, I had really a really good experience. I, I think you did as well, Chris, and we're here to talk about it. So, yeah. You want to get started? Uh, sure. Garuda Linux is a um, an Arch Linux-based distribution, um, but it is a heavily modified Arch Linux-based distribution for anyone who hasn't used Arch in the past. Um, it's not what you would call easy to install. You have to follow the instructions. It's not just click next, 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 next. You have to really kind of assemble it how you want it. Um, install which desktop you want. Once you have a fully, once you have a fully booting stock Arch um, distro, the first thing you see is just a command prompt, and you're on your own from there. Um, it's pretty easy to get everything set up, but they expect you to do it for yourself, and they have a fantastic wiki full of instructions to help you along. So Garuda, you're talking about however, Arch Linux. Right. Okay. Garuda, however, okay. removes all of that um, that difficulty, and they add their own customizations on top with a heavy focus on performance and um, if you're using the gaming edition, gaming. So... And I know that Manjaro also does something similar in regards to um, being able to easily install, you know, that version of you know, like Arch-based distro. Uh, they have their own installer and it's also not very difficult. Some really, really neat things though about Garuda uh, Linux that we'll go into is the the installer that they use, Calamari's, is actually really neat. Um, not only does it theme really well with um, with the rest of Garuda, but some of the options that it has, um, you know, in regards to um, just setting up, just setting up partitions and things like that, it's, it's just it's so easy to use. Um, you know, my grandmother could use it. Uh, so it, you know, and that's one of the focuses. One of the focus on Garuda Linux is um, user friendliness, and uh, and then that modern appeal. And and I can't stress the user friendliness enough. Um, I can't say I am a Linux expert, you know, I can say that I'm, I'm just a, you know, a, probably a uh, less than regular Linux user, uh, somebody that wants to dabble into the mo more advanced features of Linux, and I'm, I'm and I'm understanding, and, and you know, as I use it more and more, I'm, I'm, I'm just uh, learning to appreciate it more. Uh, however, Gruta took it, and and just just like it's just it's just hand holding me the entire way, so it makes me feel so comfortable. Anybody that wants to try to start using Linux, I under, I know that people flock to Ubuntu and they, you know, and that's fine. A lot of stuff works in Ubuntu straight out of the box, but you know what? It is not that hand-holding, uh, it's not as hand-holding as Gruda is 
um, some of some of the items here that that Garuda has. I mean, there is there is a UI, and that I know we'll we'll talk about um, a little bit later. Uh, you know, for the Garuda settings manager, and even the welcome to Garuda, it's it's it makes things so easy. You can easily um, check on your hardware settings. You can easily update your uh, your software, update the uh, the distribution. You can easily add uh, additional software right there on the on on that menu. So um, very very cool. Um, it's the, I can't stress that enough. The user friendliness of it. I know that um, another software, another distro that people flock to uh, that is kind of like um, it's kind of like Windows is um, I believe is Zorin. Uh, just because of that kind of look and feel. And yes, Garuda is definitely not the, it's not an operating system, or it's not a distribution that that looks, uh, let's say, typical. It's, it, I would kind of say that it, it's pretty edgy, you know. It, it, it reminds me of like, uh, I don't know, like Tron or something, you know. So, if you want to <laughs> use something really modern looking, yeah. Uh, but I probably wouldn't want to show this at work. You know, it's not, <laughs> I mean, I guess you could, but it's, you know, it's like elite looking uh, desktop <laughs> per se. But um, including from the startup, you know, the startup's got like this, at least the version that I use. I use the Dragon Ice version. It's got this freaking dragon uh, and and it's just like, <laughs> it's so cool looking. Uh, but yeah, probably not, not really something that I'd show at work. You know, it's professional looking, probably not. But it is really, really damn cool looking. Anyway. And it's a pretty new distribution as well. Uh, you put here that the first release was on March 26th of 2020. Yep. Yep. So That's uh, correct. This, this started uh, when, when COVID started. Um, I guess. Uh, yeah. I, I wonder if um, it was a product of being locked in. I didn't even think about that, but uh, I guess so. Well, I mean, if you look at it. Were we, I guess, were we locked in on that date? I mean, I don't know. I mean, it, it just seems like this would have needed some planning. But yeah, man, let's go with it. It's, a, it's, it's the COVID release. <laughs> um, you also put uh, that, that Garuda originates from Hinduism, which is defined as a divine eagle like sunbird and the king of birds, which um, that's, that bird is used in the... Um, the boot screen as well as in their wallpaper quite a bit. Um, I should mention that since it is based on Arch, it is a rolling release, meaning that it gets continuous updates unlike um, unlike something like Ubuntu or Debian where you get security updates but no new features or no new versions of, uh, of most software. Ubuntu does give you newer new, newer versions of things like Firefox and Chromium and Thunderbird, but for the most part, the version that you get when you install is the version that you are stuck with. Um, whereas being Arch-based, you have the latest and greatest of everything. Newer kernels, um, new software, including security updates, um, and the very useful uh, Arch user repository, also known as the AUR. You know, and I, I wanted to talk about the kernel because, um, and like I said, I, I haven't been using Linux for a long time, but you have. And it seems like Garuda continuously um, just surprises 
us and and I'm I'm even surprised that it surprised you. Uh, so the kernel, you know, the Linux, the Zen kernel. When I when I told you that it uses the Zen kernel, you were like, what? <laughs> and uh, and that is there are so many things in Garuda that we're like, wait, what? Um, and that we'll talk about a little bit later as well. But even the kernel, you know, it's it's not a it's a custom version of the kernel, which I thought was really cool. Now, I know Manjaro has its custom version in Ubuntu and all that stuff. But this is like Zen is at, at least the version that I'm using, which I'm actually running right now, Dragonized uh, Gaming Edition. And that that kernel right there is actually built for performance, you know, and uh, and, and I just thought that was so cool. When I go in and, and I tried when I go in and I, I look at the other kernels that I could update to. There is, there are a list of other customized ver, uh, kernels that all run uh, just fine on here because it's one of those, you know, the Arch distro uh, based on Arch, I mean, but it just, you know, it's just so cool that there's so many different versions of kernels that, that people have customized and this is, you know, it displays it right there out of the box. You don't have to go out to and, and download it from somewhere else or anything like that. You know, so I, I thought that was really cool and it's really cool that it comes built in with a custom kernel like Zen. Definitely. Um, I'm looking up Zen right now, and according to the Arch wiki, it says that it is the result of a collaborative effort of kernel hackers to provide the best Linux kernel possible for everyday system. Uh, looking at the kernel's website, um, it says it uses the best configuration and kernel sources for desktop, multimedia, and gaming workloads. Uh, its major features are Zen Interactive Tuning, which tunes the kernel for responsiveness at the cost of throughput and power usage. Uh, uses the MUQSS Process Scheduler, which is a fair process scheduler for gaming, multimedia, and real-time loads. High-resolution scheduling, which um, gives high-resolution timeouts and 1000 hertz tick rates for precise low-jitter task scheduling. I don't know what the majority of this stuff means, to be honest. Uh, preemptible tree-based hierarchical RCU. Hard kernel preemption, which is the most aggressive kernel preemption before requiring real-time patches. Guarantees responsive system under high-intensity mixed workload scenarios. Uh, budget fair queue. That, I do know, is a uh, proper disk scheduler optimized for desktop usage. Um, yeah, so yeah, there's more. That's fair to uh, say. Yeah, it's it's pretty uh, <laughs> heavily modified version of the standard Linux kernel, the mainline Linux kernel. For sure. And um, a lot of that does indeed result in a very responsive system, um, especially on, um, on uh, well, actually, I haven't tried it on more constrained systems because it, Sup, Garuda sucks up a lot of RAM. It's designed to. Uh, yeah. their, and their philosophy is free RAM is wasted RAM. Yeah, it's actually on their site. That's exactly it. It's actually quoted right there um, as that. So um, that's fine with me. I mean, I have 32 gigs of RAM on a laptop and, you know, go for it. Use it. You know, that's what it's there for. Um, I'm sure it'll optimize as you open up applications and things like that. I haven't had any problems with any applications crashing as I open a ton of them at the same time. So, uh, I'm sure it's doing a pretty good job. This is also my first time using BTRFS or ButterFS uh, full-time 
on any Linux distribution. I, I wanted to, to just real quick go back to the to, to the Linux, uh, the kernel, because when you go to the Garuda settings manager, you can actually see a bunch of other kernels listed that you could use that you could try out like the Linux Next, uh, Linux TKG, uh, Linux TKG Cacule, C-A-C-U-L-E, uh, Linux Xanmod. I mean, all of these different kernels that you can try out and it's it's just right there. You know, there's a, a whole list of them. Linux VFIO, which I assume is for virtual, but I'm not sure. Um, sounds like it would be something for uh, virtual machines and things like that. Um, but anyway, yep, sorry about that. I just kind of, I was looking through this and um, yeah, it's pretty astounding. <clears throat> yeah, you were saying about uh, BTRFS. Yeah, um, that is a... It's a uh, copy-on-write file system, um, which let me look up exactly what that means because that is important. Um, hmm. Copy-on-write, sometimes referred to as implicit sharing or shadowing. Um, I need to find a better... Well, so maybe we can explain uh, how it works with uh, time shift. Well... It makes it the ButterFS file system has uh, snapshotting um, and compression built directly into the file system, which means making um, making copies of the file system or snapshots rather is instant and very very easy. With a file system like ext4 or ntfs. Um, or the old Mac operating system, uh, HFS Plus. If you wanted to do that, that that kind of snapshotting, it was um, usually just a hacky um, uh, system of hard links, and it was not as graceful. Um, ButterFS is kind of similar to ZFS, except that uh, up until recently, it hasn't been very stable. Um, I've been very um, I've not been able to trust ButterFS because my previous uses of it resulted in the entire system crashing and burning due to file system corruption. Uh, but that was back in 2014, I guess. But um, now it seems to have come a long ways, and uh, they integrate that snapshotting um, into um, into the bootloader. So every time you install new packages and make major system changes, it automatically creates a snapshot that you can boot from. Yeah, that's actually saved me a few times. <laughs> so I like to experiment and I have it installed on uh, on a system where I can just goof around and, uh, and try to break. And I'll tell you what, that has saved me a few times. Um, I've installed wrong video drivers. I've, I've done all kinds of stuff to try to break this thing. And ButterFS has really saved me. Uh, when you when you um, log in, or not log in, I'm sorry. When you have the bootloader screen, Grub. you can actually select Grub. Grub. <laughs> when you select, um, you, you can actually select uh, the previous snapshots that it's created. And and it does this on automatically. Whenever you install a driver, whenever you do anything, and install, it, it automatically snapshots. And so, you can actually select it from Grub. And... Um, and like I said, it saved me a few times. And then it has this, uh, Gruda comes with this app application called um, Time Shift, 
where you can just, you can either, if you want to keep that, you can just select it. And then now you've kept that snapshot and now you're, that's what you're running. Or you can go back to uh, previous snapshots on there as well. So if you're not happy with the result, you don't have to restart or anything like that. You can just go into time shift, select a different snapshot and just restore from there. It's pretty neat and it's really fast. I'm actually uh, surprised how fast it is. Um, I, you know, coming from Windows, I've been using System Restore for some time. And by the way, I recommend that if you're running Windows, you should have System Restore unless you're just some badass elite guy uh, or gal that, um, that, that doesn't, you know, that, that wants to pull their hair out if anything goes wrong. So you should be using System Restore. Um, anyway... System restore takes some time. You got to reboot and, 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 you know, then you got to go into the system restore settings. And this is nothing like that. This is instant, almost instant. It's very quick. And, um, and, and if you wanted to, to go to different snapshots, you can right there on Grub. It's, it's incredibly fast and really easy to use. Um, so yeah, that, that's another really great feature that, um, I did not even know was possible until I was, I started using Garuda. I guess uh, before we get too much further into the nitty-gritty, we should mention the flavors. Yeah, there's quite a few. Yeah, uh, you're using the KDE, the Garuda KDE Dragon Eyes, which is written all elite as DR460NIZ. That's right. It's the only way to write it. Uh, then there's <laughs> the KDE Dragon Eyes Gaming Edition, which, um, why don't you take that one? Because you've looked at that one much more extensively. Sure. So the gaming edition, I mean, it's it's the same thing as the other Dragonized editions, except it it does come with um, things like wine built in. It comes with the Q4 wine, like the letter Q and the four and the wine, which basically allows you to to uh, manage your wine prefixes. Um, you know, look at your bottles, your wine bottles, and and uh, and actually select um, different different settings there. You can actually install. Um, you know, DirectX 11 if you need to, or you can do a few other things. You can actually install a uh, applications from there uh, using this prefix manager. So it's pretty neat. It runs really well, and it's already all set up for you. As a matter of fact, when you install Dragonize, the, the gaming edition, it automatically sets up wine for you, sets up the bottle for you, and, you know, theoretically, you could just throw an app. Uh, and, and this isn't specific to Garuda, but just more as, like, wine. Um, but you can theoretically just just copy a folder from your Windows machine and drop it into that wine bottle. And most of the time when I did that, it ran. And I'm talking about games, you know, heavy games, games that require uh, DirectX 11. They, um, I use Vulkan a lot, uh, which is another API. It, it, and it all works. And it works really well. And it works pretty fast. And another thing that the gaming edition I, I, I noticed that has is whenever you're running one of these games, it comes with a UI. Um, it's like a, uh, what, what, what would I call that? It's almost like a HUD screen, but it's not a HUD. It's on the left. It's And it's like a small UI that lets you know how uh, DXVK is running. That's the DirectX kind of like vulcanized API um, that runs, uh, how that's doing, how your graphics card's doing, your CPU, you know, it has all these stats and it's already built in. You don't have to do anything. You just have to run any 3D application that, uh, that will use wine and it'll immediately kick in. Um, so I thought that was neat. Um, 
my particular version, when I went through the settings manager, I selected a few games. It asked if you want to install games. I said, yeah, sure. Why not? I mean, that's why I installed this. And it already came with a few like Super Tux Kart, which is basically a Mario Kart clone, but with uh, Tux the Penguin. So that was pretty neat to see. Um, it comes with some really cool games as well, like a shooter that's kind of like a Quake 3 Arena um, clone. And there's a few other ones that are really neat. So anyway, the gaming edition comes with that and and everything else. It's like the full package, right? I mean, it's it's the heaviest package, and it it will it's it weighs in about like forty gigs when you fully install it. So that's that's pretty heavy for a system. Um, and uh, and depending on what you install, it could even be heavier. Like it, you know, it could really consume space. But um, but yeah, it comes with everything: the time shift. Um, you know, ButterFS is already there. Um, yeah, a lot of stuff. Uh, it's, it's just, you know, and it has that modified sweet theme. Um, and, uh, that's the one that kind of looks like Tron, you know, the icons are all like neon and, uh, and the colors are all, yeah, it's, it's, it looks crazy, but it looks awesome. Uh, so modern. I mean, you put this next to any other desktop, you know, like flat grays and stuff like that. You put this next to it and you'll, you'll definitely, you'll be, you'll be instantly drawn to it. Um, so that, th- those are things about the Dragon Eyes Gaming Edition. I just want to try the full package and that was it. <clears throat> yeah. So that, that's pretty much uh, what I got on, on gaming. Edition. There's, there's also the, the, uh, GUI that the Dragon Eyes Edition comes with, um, for installing, uh, curated gaming software. So it gives you easy access to installing oh, yeah. Steam, easy access to yep. installing, uh, Lutris, um, for, mm-hmm. um, for getting Windows gaming going, you um, you even said that um, since you've installed this, you you've been able to do all of your gaming on it um, without Windows entirely. It's been the first operating system that or distro uh, that I've ever used that's kept me out of Windows. Uh, mainly the reason why I would go into Windows is just a game, but but with Garuda and all its all its launchers and everything, I can use Steam. Actually, I think Steam came pre-installed on mine. I can't remember. Steam, Lutris, um, which is really cool because Lutris allows you to install the Epic Games launcher. And now you can just run all your games that you have on Epic Games. Um, you can use the Hero launcher. I think there's a Minecraft launcher. There, There's all kinds of stuff that you can run uh, on there that allows you to, to play all these different Windows games uh, without issue. So, um, yeah, yeah, the, the launchers themselves are, are, are really, really neat, and they've gone a long way. Oh, and that reminds me, uh, there is a version of Proton that comes with Garuda that I was introduced with Garuda, I mean, called Proton GE, um, which is like the Proton, I forgot what the G stood for, but it's like the something egg roll. It's the it's the person that made it. Um, that's why you, they call it Proton GE, which is a customized version of Proton, uh, and and um, and that just you know it really makes a difference when you select Proton GE from either Steam or you select Proton GE, you know, from basically anything else on the on the settings. Uh, it it really does make a difference. You you do see a, a nice sizable uh, frame rate um, jump when you start using that. Not only that, but it also makes your games more compatible with Linux uh, when you're running it through something like Wine and, and Steam and things like that. So pretty cool. I had no idea that Proton GE existed. I thought Proton was just the, you know, the Proton that exists on Steam, Proton Experimental, which I think is what everybody else runs um, that's not using a, a customized version of Proton. 
Um, so yeah, that's that's pretty much it with the with the gaming edition and all. It's um, I hope I'm not missing anything with the customizable stuff. It introduced me to Itch. Itch is an under launcher that has a bunch of other games on there that I really like. Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much all all I can think of right now. It's a lot to cover. There's yeah. also the Garuda KDE Dragonized Black Arch Edition, which is a Black Arch uh, Linux is a penetration a penetration testing version of Arch. Um, there are some. Um, there's a bunch of other ones. I'll try to go through them quickly. There's Garuda XFCE, which uses the XFCE desktop. Personally, I did not like that one because their implementation of XFCE was a bit broken. Uh, there is Garuda Linux GNOME, which um, also uses the Suite theme, but it doesn't play well with GNOME 40, especially with the dock. Just themes were... You could tell that the theme was not really made for it. For example, um, things are off-center, you have text overlapping, um, the uh, on-screen display of the volume and brightness um, on-screen display, when you change the volume and brightness, the dock looks all weird. Um, so I didn't bother with that one. There's uh, Garuda LXQT, which uh, is using KWIN as the window manager. So it's using the LXQT desktop with KDE's window manager. Uh, that was pretty interesting. There was Garuda Wayfire. Um, you should at least boot that one up on a USB stick Euro. Um, I think you, you would get a kick out of it with how over the top it is. Um, I don't know if I'll you try. remember, I don't know if you remember Compass circa 2010, but you know how there were wobbly windows, cube, spinning desktop effects, windows. Uh, when you would close windows, they would uh, burst into flames, stuff like that. <laughs> I think that Compass, a, a little bit of those fancy effects translated to uh, to the Dragonized version because I have, uh, it. you know, the Dragonized version comes with wobbly windows already and it also does a cube thing when you uh, when you go to a different uh, desktop. Uh, it does the cube thing as well. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, there, there's a few, you know, neat, you know, cool, elite edge effects, you know, that, uh, that, it, that it does have. But, yeah, cool. I, I need to try that for sure. So the interesting thing about Wayfire is it runs on top of Wayland. It, it is a Wayland compositor inspired by Compass. Um, hmm. And it has a lot of the really over-the-top features that Compass used to have, uh, more than just the spinning cube and all that. Um, I, I mean, your your windows explode into flames. What, what more do I need to say? <laughs> um, <laughs> there's also... Uh, Garuda Qtile, which is, uh, that one was fun to play with. Uh, it's a tiling window manager. It's written and configured entirely in Python. Um, so I enjoyed it, but I found that, um, it was difficult to work with with some applications. Like, uh, Steam, for example, was very slow on it. Um, I think that's because of the compositor they were putting that, that, that they were using with it um, was causing a lot of performance issues. But uh, it was all their tiling window managers, they, they, they go through the effort of uh, setting up the, the status bars with all the fancy indicators and stuff you normally have to configure by hand, they do for mm. you. 
Um, there's the BSPWM Tiling Window Manager. Um, again, that one's really tricked out. They have one for I3WM, uh, which is my personal favorite of the Tiling Window Managers. They have Garuda Sway. Sway is like I3, but for Wayland. Um, and then there's the one that I'm using full-time, Garuda Bare Bones, which that comes in two versions, KDE and GNOME, and that is lacking all, um, all fancy tricked-out theming um, and uh, missing a lot of the extra software that Garuda normally comes with. Um, I'm using the GNOME edition. I gave KDE... I tried using the Dragonized KDE version, but... Um, I had a lot of problems. Um, the Latte Dock just consumes way too much CPU. I, I shouldn't have to be using um, over half of an 8-core CPU just to have um, my dock magnifying as I mouse over it. Uh, OSX was doing that on iMac G3s. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and... Uh, KDE has, has a lot of problems with uh, screen sharing as well. Um, mainly, um, and th this is even on the XORG edition, um, um, when you would screen share, people would see a lot of visual artifacts, and I just didn't feel like dealing with it anymore. So the GNOME edition doesn't have... The GNOME, GNOME doesn't have any of those issues, and the barebone GNOME edition is just plain GNOME 40, and I like it, but it still has a lot of the uh, Garuda-specific general features, like the um, like Chaotic AUR, the um, Zen Kernel. Um, actually, I had to in install we the Zen to. Kernel for myself. It comes with LTS by default, the Barebones mm. bare version. So it has some of the Garuda stuff, but not all of it. So I know you uh, touched on the Chaotic AUR, at least mentioned it. Um, we should talk about that. Because I don't think neither you nor I yeah. even knew that existed. So the Arch user repository is great because it gives you access to software that is not in Arch's repos. But the way that it installs them is it um, references a file called a package build, which is instructions on how to build the package from source. So it makes it very easy to install a package like that, but you have to wait for everything to compile. Chaotic AUR is a repository that has AUR packages pre-compiled as binary packages, and they just download and run like any other Arch package from the pre-compiled Arch repos. Yeah, I thought that was so neat because I I was used to selecting anything from AUR, and it would take some time. You know, it's got to it's got to build it all. Uh, it's got to install dependencies and then build it all to, um, compile it. It's got to compile it. Um, so when, when I, when I was selecting applications to, to download, I just noticed that they would install really quickly and I'm like, what the heck's going on? You know, it does, doesn't have to build it. And that's where chaotic AUR, actually, you're the one that told me, oh yeah, it's using chaotic. And, uh, and, and yeah, that's where that comes in. So it's really handy when you want to install things like, um, even like Google Chrome. You know, you don't have to build it. You don't have to do anything. You just you just download it using Chaotic AUR and that's it. Um, so, that's really neat. Uh, there was uh, a few other things. Did you have anything else you wanted to say about Chaotic? Uh, no, not really. Um, it's there. It's neat. I like it. 
Uh, let's see. It um, has improved I.O. performance, but they don't go into any details about how they improved it. Um, mm-hmm. It uses the auto CPU frequency CPU scheduler. Uh, so that is a project that does automatic CPU speed and power optimization uh, for Linux based on active monitoring of a laptop's battery state, CPU usage, CPU temperature, and system load. Um, I think that that you would use that instead of uh, TLP. Um, right, for battery. I actually don't think that comes installed on every edition because I don't think it's on the bare bones. Um, there is... Let me take a couple more here and then I'll pass it off to you. Uh, it has ZRAM enabled by default, which is a a generator that provides a simple and fast mechanism to configure swap on dev ZRAM devices. Um, what is a ZRAM device? It is a compressed RAM-based block device. So it creates a block device in RAM and uses that for swap. <laughs> um, I guess better than using normal swap? Or you can... Since it's compressed, wouldn't that wouldn't that give you the ability to to use more uh, to run more on swap if you needed to if you didn't have enough memory maybe I don't mm-hmm. know possibly mm-hmm. interesting um, yeah uh, what else it and it um, also comes with the no hang um, boom or out of memory protection pre installed and that is a project that provides a highly configurable daemon for Linux, which is able to correctly prevent out-of-memory issues and keep system responsiveness in low memory conditions instead of your system crashing, freezing, and um, behaving poorly under low memory conditions. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of optimizations made here on memory. Since it uses so much of it, then this is this. That's how you can clearly see in, uh, on all these features, all these uh, customizations that Garuda has built specifically for memory management. Um, yeah. So some of the items. I mean, we already talked about the Calamari's installer. Um, you know, the CPU scheduler is automatically set to performance by default. Um, I don't think so we talked about the installer. The Calamari's installer uh, with the nice uh, theming and everything. Um, yeah, yeah, that, that it's selected. You could select uh, the BTRFS, uh, the partitions. Pretty simple to select uh, the partition there and um, pretty much set up Garuda that way. Um, it, I, I don't know. Um, did you have something else you wanted to talk Calamari's is pretty neat. It's not specific to Garuda. Um, it's an installer right. framework. It's designed to be really customizable and an easy way to create an installer for your Linux distribution. Um, the, the screenshot that they have um, <laughs> um, for Calamari says, Welcome to fancy GNU slash Linux uh, 20.2 LTS Turgatuba installer. <laughs> um, <laughs> just to show how customizable it is. Pretty and customized. It uh, gives you everything you would... Um, want to have in an installer, the ability to do um, full encrypted file system mm-hmm. installations, even on top of uh, ButterFS, which is a royal pain to do through just regular Arch manually. Um, comes with a partition manager built in. It's just really well done and a good installer. 
Yeah, and it's actually pretty remarkably easy to use. It's and it, it was the way that they customized everything and put it together in a package that uh, that made me that that helps with the installation. So it's it's really um, made for for new users um, of of, uh, of of Linux. Um, Manjaro also uses it. That's right. Manjaro does use it. It it looks a lot like Manjaro actually. Yeah, which is not a bad thing. Manjaro is a great distro. Um. Okay. Well. Uh. So yeah, I was talking about the CPU scheduler being set to performance by default. Uh. That that's one of those things that if you want to run this on a laptop. Um. Yeah. Get ready for to not have the best battery life. It's uh. You know. It's it's built for performance. You know. And if you run the Dragonized Gaming Edition like the one I ran. Yeah, say goodbye to the battery. Um, it might last you an hour. It, it just depends on on your system. But um, yeah, this 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 is one of those that you either want to have your laptop plugged in for, or install it on a desktop, or get rid of all the performance settings and everything. Um, which actually is really neat because in the settings manager, you can actually get rid of the performance settings by checking a box. You know, and uh, same thing with TLP. If you want to install TLP. Check another box. Uh, you can do all of that. You know, you can install Pulse Audio. Um, which one's the other one? Alsa. You can do all oh, that. Um, I, I forgot to mention mm-hmm. it comes with the Pipewire, the Pipewire audio system by default, which was very new to me. I had never used it. I was only ever using Pulse Audio. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's um, one of those you can select as well on the Settings Manager. Yeah, it comes pre-installed, and what's neat about it is um, it it provides uh, APIs for um, all three of the major audio systems, it, um, also Pulse Audio and Jack. Very neat. Very cool. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, and GStreamer applications. Let's see, uh, what else does it give? It gives a capture and playback of audio and video with minimal latency, real-time audio processing on audio and video, uh, multi-process architecture that lets applications share multimedia content, um, and sandboxed applications support. So that makes, um, so that, that will work nicely with Flatpak. Yeah, very cool. Um, let's see, what else do we have here? GUI for managing drivers and kernels. That's the settings manager that we talked about. Uh, the GUI tool for various common tasks, that's the Groot Assistant. That's where you can actually update the entire system just using that, um, the Groot Assistant. And from there, you can also select, um, you know, the if you wanted to uh, use uh, with different kernel, you, you can select. What else? There was that other one. Um, remember, Chris, we were looking into so Wine, the, the, the Windows drivers. Uh, and then we kind of want to stay away from that because... <laughs> It's kind of buggy, oh, um, but yeah, it's there if you wanted to. It, it's not wine. You're talking about end Yeah, wrapper. something else. If you have right, a, a wireless car that is completely unsupported by Linux, it will allow you to use the uh, Windows drivers for it instead. Um, it also lets you do things like refreshing the mirror list, uh, clearing mm-hmm. logs, editing repositories, removing orphan packages, reinstalling all packages, clearing the package cache. Installing and removing system components, tweaking um, ButterFS settings. Yeah, a lot of this stuff is is things that you know people normally run you know terminal commands for. 
And you don't have to do that here. You, there's a UI for everything. So that's part of that user friendliness that I was talking about that uh, it's incredibly neat that they went through the effort of creating all of this for, for, for new users. Definitely. They also have a GUI for modifying uh, Grub boot options, which is very useful. Uh, for mm -hmm. example, if you don't want to manually edit uh, Etsy default Grub just to add a um, add new kernel parameters, you can add them through there, through that GUI. You can also hit a checkbox to um, enable or disable some other options like disabling CPU vulnerability uh, mitigations, which can cost you some performance, um, easily enabling Grub themes, uh, setting a splash screen, stuff like that. And by the way, that splash screen on at least the Dragon Ice versions looks so cool. Yeah, it does. This dragon and it's, it's got this like spinning, uh, you know, circle where it's loading Linux. It's so cool looking. With the, with the, uh, the uh, sunburn in the middle of it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's awesome. Even the bare bones um, version has that. Oh, it has that. Oh, I didn't know. I, I thought that might have, might not have had that. That's cool. Yeah, definitely. Their, uh, uh, I don't know. It's like, it's like their symbol. Um, then we have the the GUI for network assistance and hotspot creation. That actually uh, became really useful uh, for me because I had to set up a few hotspots. I had a UI right a GUI right there available. Um, and again, this isn't really to deter people from using the console. It's just, hey, it's just another way of doing the same thing, right? And and if you if it's created there to attract new users, then great, they can they can just do that, uh, and then they can learn the console as they go. So, uh, very cool that it offers these options uh, to be able to you know experiment. Um, hmm. Shall we dive into more of the dragonized stuff? Yeah, let's do it. So, in the Dragonized, uh, it's funny, I actually wrote Dragonized notes. Um, so, Dragonized, the, the version that I use is a KDE one, um, so Dragonized KDE. Um, and uh, some of the things that I like, so, I wasn't a person that ran KDE that much. I actually love GNOME. You know, that's the, that's what I've been using for a long time. I felt comfortable with it and I didn't want to use anything else because, you know, <laughs> I like GNOME and that's it. And, uh, and you know what? Using KDE on here has been a really, really good experience. Um, the fact that I can just run KRunner to launch applications, the fact that I just have to type the application as I'm just using the operating, I don't even have to do the whole, um, what is it, like alt space or command space in, in the Mac. Um, you don't have to do any of that. Or in, in Windows, you have to click on Cortana. You have to make sure Cortana is set up. You don't have to do any of that here. You just have to start typing. And it just comes up because KRunner is always running, which is awesome. Um, I like the global themes. Um, right before the show, I started messing around with the global themes and I just double clicked on a different global theme and it did it on the fly, right there, real time. All the icons changed, everything changed right there. No issues, no crashes, nothing where I had to reboot, nothing. It just did it. Um, I thought that was really neat and, and this isn't really... This, these aren't particularly Garuda items. It's just cool that Garuda came with KDE that, you know, the KDE Plasma that has now, you know, that, that made me kind of open my eyes to something else, you know, other than GNOME. Cause I was that set on GNOME being the best. Um, which, you know, 
Chris, I know you use something else, you know, so, but I, I like no. Um, anyway, um, that was cool. Uh, another thing too is that if you're using KDE, you probably want to use the KDE apps, you know, like, um, the ones that I'm using is Kite and I'm using uh console for the terminal, which I need to talk, talk about for, for Garuda, uh, you know, customization kind of stuff. Um, and I'm, I'm running a dolphin for the file manager and, you know, I'm just staying within the Garuda ecosystem, the KCalc for calculator, staying within the, um, KDE ecosystem. Uh, these apps run really well. It's when you start going into other apps that weren't really made for KDE. Um, you know, so whatever the gnome counterpart for that would be, um, that, that's when it starts getting, it looks a little bit weird. It doesn't, it doesn't look like it belongs in your desktop. It's like the app kind of, you can tell that it wasn't really designed for this. Um, you know, it's still usable. It's still usable. And I haven't had any issues with running them. It just looks a little wonky. Um, so, you know, just just keep that in mind when using KDE, you probably want to stick, stick to the KDE apps. Um, the gaming edition, as I mentioned, it comes with Q4 Wine, which is, uh, for the management and Lutris and the Hero Launcher, uh, and games. Uh, but one of the things I wanted to talk about was the Fish console. So I've been using Bash. I think Bash is the one that's mostly used. Um, but this introduced me to Fish. And, um, and, and like I said, I'm, I'm fairly new to Linux. So I don't know all the commands. I, I know my way around, but I don't know all the commands. And you know what? In that whole hand-holding fashion that Garuda's kind of built around, uh, Fish is actually really cool in that it kind of tells you that, you know, it, it does the, it, it almost doesn't autocomplete, but it's more like a suggestion. Like, hey, did you want to run this command instead? So I thought that was really cool. Um, you know, kind of that, that hand-holding, you know, part. And, uh, and they're like, oh yeah, that's exactly what I run, wanna, what I want to, uh, run. So, um, you know, using Fish, I thought that was really neat. Another thing that I liked was the uh, NeoFetch. So as soon as you start uh, the console, it automatically uses, it automatically runs NeoFetch, which, you know, you don't have to go out and install it or anything like that. And it gives you, you know, a good, good summary of your system, the hardware wise. Um, so I, I thought that was really neat. And it runs every single time you run a uh, console. So, um, you know, it's, it's these little touches that, that that just makes it like a complete package altogether and it's just really neat um so yeah there's that um uh, the latte doc it uh it does i i know uh chris that you had some issues there with the you know it taking up a lot of cpu cycles when running latte the doc itself it looks like the mac doc uh the mac os x lock doc um and yeah, it's true. It does consume a lot of CPU resources. Chris showed me. I actually ran my mouse across and I saw the CPU spike. And I'm like, why? You know, why does it need to do that? So I get it. If somebody, if people don't want to run it, uh, I'm leaving it on. Uh, you know, I got my eight core CPU here. You know, whatever. It's it's there. But I do understand if if uh, if it kind of bothers some. You know, why why spend the extra CPU cycles on that when you can be using it for something else? I get it. Um, Chris, I don't know if you want to talk about the global menu. Yeah, it's, uh, um, you know how in Mac OS, how every, you know how normally in Windows or Linux applications, how each window has its own menu, file, edit, view, whatever else, and they follow the window. Well, this is a global menu and they're, it's there globally, just like in Mac OS, where it's, they're only ever at the 
very top of the screen in the menu bar. So it yeah, has I that, like that. Pre- mm-hmm. it, it has that preset up. It keeps things clean, you know? That that's good. Also, by the way, I don't know if you noticed um I don't know if it comes in your bare, bare bones version, but if you move the if you move an app away from the the bar in the top, the top bar, it actually the top bar becomes kind of translucent. I don't know, the, the transparency like at full 100%. Um I thought that was kind of a neat touch, you know? Um, that way it keeps the desktop all nice and clean and you don't see a black bar going across. Hmm. Just thought I'd add that. Nifty. Um, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, it's, it's nifty. It's not really necessary or anything, but it keeps things clean. Um, yeah, so the Windows control, they move to the left-hand corner. Um, that's one thing that I, I don't particularly like because I've, I'm, I'm used to seeing it on the right-hand corner. Uh, I think they used it, they did it for cleanliness, um, just to keep, you know, the, the aesthetics, uh, kind of clean and and just bare. Um, so they moved it over to the left hand side. But then I'm I'm always kind of like trying to, you know, I don't know. My eyes always go to the top right, and you know I'll have to go to the top left. It's not a big deal. I mean, you know, it's easy to move back. It's easy to move back. Exactly. It's customizable. Everything's customizable. By the way, everything in KDE is customizable, which is pretty cool. If you don't really like that. Um, let's see what else. The modified suite theme. Yep, that's uh, it's <laughs> awesome looking gaming theme. Um, that I talked about. Alt tab. When you alt tab, that's um, uh, it actually displays the full application that's open, and you can just alt tab between apps, and uh, and it does this like rotating thing. Uh, it reminds me of the old Windows Vista when you would alt tab, yeah. and it would show the whole screen, and it kind of like tilts it sideways. I don't know, man. It's part of that edge this thing has, and I dig it. You know, is it is it like the best way to show the apps? Not really, because now you got stuff behind stuff. But I don't care. It looks awesome. You know, <laughs> so it looks like I'm playing a game with with uh, with all these windows opened up. Um, and and I I liked it back then with Windows Vista, and I'm liking it now with uh, with uh, this with KDE. Um, it comes with wobbly windows, and it wasn't really my. I, I got used to it. Uh, wasn't really my cup of tea. Um, I don't really need it, but whatever. I'm sure I'm spending a ton of CPU cycles, run, you know, displaying that. Um, far, le- far less than with the uh, Latte Doc. Yeah, Latte Doc is like, oh, you have an eight-core CPU? Mm, <laughs> let me see what I can do with that. <laughs> when you turn compositing off, um, that behavior goes away, it, and then it's fine. But something yeah, but that is going fun. with a compositor is just really CPU heavy. Yeah. Um, and then uh, what is it? Uh, GUI for installing curated gaming software. Yep. We uh, the Garuda Gamer. Yep. Yep. And you can actually install uh, other software that would allow you to run games. So pretty cool. Again, first time that I haven't had to use Windows at all, um, which is really neat. So. And uh, it's um, easily just. Gruda is probably the best distribution that I've used on my 2015 MacBook Pro um, because, one, the AUR makes uh, keeping the webcam drivers updated much easier because the, the, the Linux kernel doesn't have support built in for the FaceTime HD webcam. Uh, there is a driver. It's in the AUR. And is it chaotic it, by any chance? 
it has it in, in chaotic too, but nice. R- regardless of which one you, you you pull it from, it integrates with DKMS. So every time the kernel gets updated, it rebuilds that driver. Whereas under Ubuntu or some other distro, I would have to manually recompile that that driver every time the kernel would uh, would update, even for security. Um, mm-hmm. And with the inclusion of Pipewire, that finally fixed the Bluetooth audio problems I was having on that machine. So I finally have that machine fully functional. Very nice. Yeah, man, I, I can't stop saying good things about Garuda. Um, I'm trying to think of things that I haven't enjoyed about it, um, well, other than the latte dock consuming CPU. Um, I don't know. I've had some some experience with games crashing, uh, but I don't think it's Garuda's fault. It's Lutris, you know, because people people make these uh, these uh, like bottles and, and stuff, customized bottles and things like that. So it's not really Garuda's fault. Garuda runs it. Um, it's, it's, it's more on the, the, you know, the, the bottle and the version of wine that you're running and things like that. So there is that don't expect every single game to, to work, but a large amount of them do work. So, um, there is that. I can say that I've really been enjoying GNOME 40. And I uh, would like to get more into that. (laughs) Usually I don't even like GNOME. Um, I am having one issue on my laptop where, um, it does support uh, the Wayland version, but it's not using the Wayland version by default. I have to log mm-hmm. out and then log back in, and then the Wayland version works. When I first boot up, it doesn't even offer offer it to me as an option in the login manager. So I'm still trying to figure that out. But when you are running it under Wayland, you have uh, full multi-touch gestures uh, built into GNOME that all work very similar to how they normally would on under Mac oh, OS. Mac. Yeah, um, very cool. But if you want to do screen sharing, forget it. <laughs> that is still very broken under Wayland. So if you have Remember to do any, we tried that. Yeah, yeah. If you have to do any real work, um, you, you'll want to stay in X. And if you're running an NVIDIA card, forget it. Wayland doesn't, Wayland doesn't work there either. Yeah, which I'm running here. But uh, the NVIDIA card, I mean. Hmm. For everything else, use Wayland. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't, I don't really have anything else to say about Garuda other than you know, go out, try it, see if you like it. Um, the guys at the Garuda forums are pretty helpful. There's a large amount of, there's a pretty big community there. Um, and yeah, it's uh definitely definitely worth a shot for anybody that's wanting to try a new distro. And um, I. Love to hear people's thoughts on it. Maybe oh, they'll hate it, and I'd love to know why. We didn't mention um, the use of the Pamac software installer. Um, it that comes with a GUI and command line utility, which makes it much easier to install packages instead of using just Arch's regular Pacman. Um, so it integrates with the AUR as well. It, it'll automatically build AUR packages for you. The GUI is very nice and hand, mm-hmm. handles upgrades very nice, easily, seamlessly. Oh, it's fantastic. I love it. Um, I think that Manjaro uses it too, right? They do. Okay. Yeah, the the only issue that I've had with Pamac, and uh, this is another issue that I had with Garuda, was I've installed Garuda sometimes, and 
that's not available. So, you have to go into the console and install it. For some reason, it didn't install it right away. Um, I'm sure it's one of those, you know, you had to select it from the box. But some when, when I don't know, but I've had it to where you select it and it, it, it just never installed. So, then you have to go into the console and install it. Nothing that can't be done. It's super easy to do. Uh, but just, you know, keep that in mind, um, you know, when running that. And since it is an ArchSpace distro, um, it doesn't use apt-get. Um, so, you, you just have to install it using uh, Pac-Man instead, which is pretty easy as well. It's no big deal. But, uh, but yeah, there is that. Um, yeah, that's, that's about that's it. That's all I have. That's about it. <laughs> and we're, we're at the top of the hour anyway, so this is perfect. Well, cool. I'm glad we got another episode out. Um, I know it's been some time oh, and fucking ever. I know, I know. It's been some time, and uh, I, I don't. You know what? Um, I've had a lot of things going on in my life. Um, as I mentioned in the last podcast, I do have a baby now, so that keeps me quite busy. But uh, but you know what? I'm not going to make an excuse. Um, I, we've yeah, been using no Garuda for some time. Yeah, no excuse. I've been using Garuda for some time. And, uh, and it's just, you know, it's just one of those oh. things that, uh, we just make time to, to make the podcast. Yep. I meant no excuses needed. Uh, life happens. Yep. 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 I got my, uh, so our baby now has, uh, two teeth, two front teeth <laughs> and she's biting everything, uh, including my, my fingers and toes and all that. So that's fun. Uh, but yeah, that's keeping me really busy. Um, but, but very rewarding and, uh, and I wouldn't have it any other way. Nice, dude. Cool. Well, um, great. Nice talking to you, Chris. I'm glad that we got another episode out, and um, and I'll see you at the next episode. Likewise. Good talking to you, too. I can't wait to edit this one on my Power Mac G4. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> All hey. right. Talk to you later, Chris. Bye-bye.